and welcome to another episode of Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki. Today, Jason, what game are we talking about? We're talking about Resident Evil 3 Remake. Undeserving of a traditional Resident Evil voice intro. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Spoilers for the show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Reap the Spoils is a monthly spoiler cast where we pick a game. We come here and we talk about it. We're going to talk about the story, the gameplay. We're going to spoil everything about this video game. So if you have not played the video game that we're talking about today, which is Resident Evil 3, uh, primarily the 2020 version, uh, I would recommend you pause this episode, go play that video game, and then come back to us and then press play and listen to us ramble on about it. Um, you, I, you know, I don't control your life. If you really want to just listen to us talk about it and and not play the game, you know, that as is your want, you can do whatever you'd like. But uh, I, I highly recommend playing the game before uh, listening to us ruin the entire experience. For you. <laughs> uh, also, something I just want to call out real quick is if you're a long time Reap the Spoils listener, thank you very much. Uh, really appreciate it. If you would like, share, review. Uh, comment you know whatever just engage with us let us know how we're doing the feedback is immensely helpful for growing the show and it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside so that's all that's it you know yes just just give me that positive reinforcement that's all i'm asking okay and you know one one last note about this episode is yeah we we're going to be talking primarily about resident evil 3 uh the one that came out in 2020 the remake uh but you know we i do want to open up a a bit of a discussion surrounding the original game that came out in 1999. Uh, So we will be talking about kind of how the two compare to one another. Um, I think that's an important conversation to have when talking about a game that's a remake like this, where Mm. uh, unlike we did an episode on Resident Evil remake, uh, unlike that one, this kind of changes some things pretty radically. Whereas the Resident Evil One remake was a very loyal remake that that did change things, but like it was more additive changes. It wasn't um, changes that removed <laughs> large chunks of core content. And even uh, from... even two remake, it didn't change nearly as much. I think here, no two two remake. Um, they actually added stuff. Yeah, two, they two added remake stuff. was more of a a remix of the game. It took it right. took that uh took that original formula and um, changed things around, but retained the bulk of the product. Um, it, it, it wasn't afraid to try new things. It wasn't afraid to mix things up, but it did keep most of the core, uh, the, the core design, the core structure together. Uh, can't say the same about this one, so stay tuned. Uh, but before we get into the game and spoil it, the spoiler cast reaping the spoils as it were are we ready for a quick history lesson yes always Jason, i know you're ready always yeah let's do it all right so the original resident evil 3 came out in 1999 for the playstation computer entertainment system the very first <laughs> the ps1 um it there's a couple different stories you'll hear about the, the this game uh in terms of its status as a as a resident evil title um pretty pretty much commonly accepted is that this started as a spin-off 
and was promoted to a mainline main numbered series title. Um, and there's a couple different reasons I've seen why I'm not going to commit to any of them as uh, as the, the complete and total truth. Uh, if you want to dig into that, I, I, I definitely recommend doing some research on your own. Um, I've seen, you know, I've seen the discussion that it has to do with uh, the, the original title they were planning on having was taking too long in development. The PlayStation 2 had just been announced and they wanted a game that was further along. Um, I've seen arguments that just like development of the other mainline title just completely wasn't coming together. And this this was uh, promoted to mainline title. There's I feel like there's a couple different variations of the story you'll hear. Yeah, um, doesn't it doesn't it tie in with like. The what was originally supposed to be Resident Evil Three was the what we now know RE Four, the development hell of that, like the four different versions. Like uh, one that, of one of one of the early versions of RE Four was actually supposed to be RE Three. Uh that might be true. I also there's I think that's also how Devil May Cry came to be. Right. No, no, I know that Devil yeah. May Cry was supposed to be a Resident Evil title as well. That might have been the planned Resident Evil Four. Uh, yeah, I could no, be wrong. Devil May Cry was originally a version of RE4, but I know there were like four or five different versions of RE4. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's the and there's the infamous like Hookman one that we'll never see come to fruition, even though that would be cool as hell. But um, yeah, p- p- I could is, be wrong, but I thought I remembered RE3 for the original being a potential DLC for RE2, but then. They they just made it its own thing eventually. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that, I remember reading that, that at some point. Yeah, that was I. Re- that was like the story that was in like I don't remember what game magazine. It's one of those ones that never became a website, like EGM or something like that. Mm. Um, and, and I don't remember also, a story like that. And also, before anyone starts yelling at Delilah for using DLC when talking about a game that came out in 1999, come on, you know what she means. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, so so yeah, the important thing to take away from this is that Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, as it were, because that was the subtitle of the original game, uh, got promoted from from side story to main series numbered Resident Evil game. Um, Jumping ahead to more of a remake centric timeline here, uh, the development of this remake had large overlap with the development of Resident Evil 2. I remember the Resident Evil 2 remake getting announced in like 2015 or 16, um, and it took a while to to get that out. Obviously, it didn't come out until early 2019, but there was lo- there was significant overlap uh, between the development of these two games and the resident evil 2 remake was primarily developed in-house by capcom's uh, development team um resident evil 3 was developed in in-house by capcom's development team but also had a lot of assistance from k2 inc which is a subsidiary of capcom uh, a developer called redworks and a developer called m2 uh, and it was directed by kiyohiko sakata i think i remember seeing m2 was probably was one of the primary developers that worked on this one i could be wrong about that point is there were a lot more there was a lot more outside help on this game there was a lot more outsourcing on this game versus the resident evil 2 remake um and then yeah the game released a little over a year after resident evil 2 remake it released on april 3rd 2020 for the playstation 4 xbox one and pc and it came to uh, current gen consoles ps5 xbox series x and s and 
the Nintendo Switch via cloud streaming uh, in uh, last year in 2022. And yeah, that's that's our history lesson, guys. So, uh, yeah, and I bring up I bring up the concurrent development thing because contrary to popular belief, it did not take only a year to develop this game. Like there was there, it, it was in development much longer and or at least longer than a year and was concurrently done by Resident Evil 2, but not entirely in-house like Resident Evil 2 was. Yeah, it's also important to keep in mind one of the reasons they probably did that was because the original games, there was a lot of overlap in terms of uh, background areas, even though RE3 does introduce also a lot of new um, new areas. I'm talking about the PlayStation 1 versions. Mm-hmm. You do revisit a lot of places from RE2 as well in the original game, which ironically yeah. you don't here. Or well, at least you don't in the same way. You revisit one area from two and three, at least originally. And only one that I can specifically recall and call out. But um, and it's the same. It's the same deal here. Um, but it's uh, I, I, I just bring it up because I, I don't want people to think that it only took a year. And also Capcom, they you know, they kind of been on a roll with these annual Resident Evil releases or mostly annual, I should say. You know, we had seven come out in 2017. Uh, two come out in 2019. I think DLC for seven came out in 2018. So in between those, yeah, two. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. 2020. I'm sure that the business aspect of it did play a role in forcing this to come out as soon as it did after two. Um, yeah. Simply because of you know yearly and quarterly earnings, the way they you know spread out release dates to pad out those numbers. And it's also commendable how much Capcom has kind of taken that. They've kind of appropriated the Bethesda approach for themselves while Bethesda is out here announcing games uh, six years ahead of their release dates and then delaying them a whole bunch of times. Looking at you, Starfield. Damn. Um, six. Capcom, Capcom will uh, Capcom will announce a Resident Evil game and then six months later it's out. So they they've kind of they've kind of really been championing that the past several years, and it, it's much appreciated, and, and I think it's been highly successful for them. Hey man, Capcom Capcom has been doing all right for themselves, been kind of rebuilding that brand the past, not just with Resident Evil, a lot of different franchises. Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter Six looking uh, looking pretty hot, I guess. I don't and know. I also don't got know anything about yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they also got Monster Hunter. They got um. They kind of like revitalized Devil May Cry too. Hey, they're bringing a ghost trick back. That's awesome. Bringing that uh, back from the dead. So good for them. But anyway, are we ready to talk about the game? Yeah. Oh, I am so ready. This is your. (laughs) (laughs) And the irony before we get into the. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is your final warning. This is your final warning. If you haven't played the game and you don't want to listen to us, spoil it. Pause here, go play the game, then come back. Okay, Jason, feel free to say whatever you're going to say. All I was going to say was before we actually get into the game, the irony of all this is that I recommended we play this before the RE4 remake that comes out fairly soon. Um, And I had not paid attention to the release or reception of this game at all, so I had no idea what I was going into. (laughs) So the irony of all this is that I recommended that we do this episode. 
<laughs> well, I mean, hey, I thought it was a good idea. Our, our The very first episode of Reap of the Spoils is Resident Evil 2 Remake, guys. Um, and then we covered the Resident Evil 1 remake, we've covered Resident Evil 7, we've covered Resident Evil Village, uh, we've covered a lot of Resident Evil games, and we're about to, spoilers, we're about to cover 4 when the remake for that launches. That's gonna be the next episode, guys, but forget, forget that I said that so it can be a surprise <laughs> later. Um, so it kind of would have been weird if we talked about 1, 2, and then 4, and just totally skipped 3. Yeah, I mean, um, we could have gone with not talking about this yeah, one and know, everything would have been fine, but we're, we're being thorough, I think, okay? I think, I think people I would think... have understood. They would have got the message. Yeah, but okay, so so let's let's get into it a little bit, because I do think there's some stuff worth talking about here, okay? So, yes. Uh, th- like, to cover the ending, obviously the big thing that's going to come up within the first few minutes of Resident Evil 4, Raccoon City's no more. It was it was blown up. Jill and Carlos, you know, they had a chance to save it. They had to get that vaccine to the U.S. government. And then Nikolai, the bastard that he is, totally fucked that up for them. Um, so uh, really, the, the, the biggest mystery I feel about this game that I want to talk about is Nikolai. Mm. Um, in the original game, they they make it so that he he's working for Umbrella and he's just there to observe Nemesis as a product, I guess, like a like a bio like a bioweapon under Umbrella. He's there to observe it, take notes, and give that data back to his employer. And it's still the, kind of implied that that's the case here, but it's not mm, as clear. No, like, no, no, you no, can no, find no. Because they, he, it's 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 in this game, it's changed. He's not employed by Umbrella. I mean, he is in that he's part of the, what is it, the Umbrella Biohazard Containment Service or whatever. Like, the, he's the, much the, more the, of the military. Own... Yeah, he's out for himself in this game more. Like, it's to whoever the highest bidder is, it seems. And, uh, yeah, but he, he specifically mentions that he was hired by someone to collect this data, and they're going, yeah. to, they're going to pay him for it. So I, the big question I have is... Who do you guys think hired Nikolai to do this? I always default to Wesker just because right. like, he has his hands and everything. That's probably, probably the most logical up. option. Yeah. And because um, as we've already kind of seen with, um, with the RE4 demo without spoiling anything, they're definitely with that backfilling minor details to make things make a little more sense that we didn't mm-hmm. get in the originals. So it wouldn't surprise me if they backfill some more Wesker stuff so that as they continue with the story, plot holes from the original releases make more sense. Yeah, well, I I also think that it's been a pretty deliberate choice that the remakes have have been doing like some minor deviation and they kind of almost have their own their own continuity, which in the end is going to make a lot more sense once five remakes six remake and so on come out um it, 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 assuming that happens right everyone kind of uh, everyone is kind of assuming that after four the next up will be five i mean it really should be code veronica because if any game needs to be remade to hopefully make it better it's code veronica guys mm-hmm. um but i, I think it is i think it is their ultimate plan to kind of make this these new remakes canonical and connective to seven eight and wherever they go next i think that is possible their plan especially because 
they have this engine now that is pretty reliable that they've been reusing over and yeah. over and they've gotten pretty good at churning these out it and seems like also, both a good business and creative endeavor i guess it's mm-hmm. also kind of just a quick side note it's kind of insane how well that engine both performs and makes things look mm-hmm. just drop dead gorgeous at this point, like Capcom's the only developer that can release a, a game in the same series each year, and I won't be annoyed, and I'll always be excited. <laughs> well, because at least it's 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 a new it's a new game, you know. It's it's yeah. They'll, they'll release a new Resident Evil almost on an annual basis, but it's like it's it, it, some of them might be remakes, some of them might be DLC, some of them might be full original games, um, but they're they're they they feel fresh you know it doesn't feel like it's rehashed doesn't feel like it's re-released stuff it's it all feels fresh and that re that re engine is just an absolute powerhouse it's Mm -hmm. replaying this game on ps5 with um at at 60 frames i think with the ray tracing on it's kind of insane how they were able to get that working yeah um it it just looks so good absolutely Everything's uh, so shiny. Everything is so shiny. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to Nikolai. Yeah. So Wes- Wesker is probably the most obvious choice. The other the other option I kind of want to throw out there, and I guess minor spoilers for Resident Evil 7 and 8, is that other rival company, The Connections, I mm. think it was called. Like, could they be existing this early in the timeline trying to undermine and fuck with Umbrella? I mean, probably because they had access to the mold, right? And that's mm-hmm. been around apparently since the beginning. Yeah. And keep in mind, they they do specifically point out that um, Nemesis is a combination of obviously he's mutated by the T virus, but they also use parasites to control him. And you know what? I think and that's, that's kind of part of the mold, isn't it? Like the the dangers of make, creating like a hive mind that is that can't be cured in the same way that virus can they they specifically make a point to mention that in the game yeah it's in a note and i you know that could be making mention of what was the mold a parasite the yeah okay um i think it's functions I, I, in the same way yeah my first thought was that that was that was more so teasing and tying into resident evil 4 which we know moves to parasites um mm-hmm. I, I, but you could be right. It could be. It could be more a connection to the, the connections, uh, and and Resident Evil Village, uh, that the the Winters Saga, if you prefer to to refer to it as that. But I, I think I think you're right as well. I think it works well on both levels. And if they are, as I postulated at the beginning, going to continue backfilling things into these remake stories to try to create more connective tissue. It would make sense to go in that direction to give Las Plagas in four a bit more relevance to the overarching story of the entire season season yeah. series. If indeed they are trying to connect, um, you know, the, the winter's story with the OG stories. Yeah. 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 I mean, until, until we see, I, I guess until Resident Evil Four is out, and then maybe we see where they're going after that. Like it, it, it it's all speculation. It's all up for interpretation. Uh, who could have hired him, and what his what his end goal was? At least you know who whom he's selling that data to. Um, 
but Nikolai is a villain. What? Did, how did you? What did you guys think? Um, of of him just as just as a a bad guy. He's Man. kind of a ham fisted <laughs> way to try to put a message in the game that corporations are bad because they're greedy, which we already knew greed was bad. Like it, it was unnecessary. I felt. I don't know. It, it's weird. I, you also get. You also get. I guess we'll talk. I see it's later in your notes, but the original game handles them a bit differently. There's a choice involved. Um, yeah, that's something I definitely want to talk about uh, later in the game or later in the episode. But 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 it um, seems like when they were like trying to write like it, it, the story elements of this game seems like there was a lot of scrambling going on because it's like Nikolai isn't really present, and then towards the end of the game he becomes very present, and it's like, and then the game ends with Jill saying. Like what what destroyed us was greed, and it's like, okay, yeah, like that's a message, and I guess it works, but that's kind of like an overarching thing of the series. Like you didn't need to make your entire villain and game about it. There were more interesting, I guess, other areas to delve into. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that it's it's like it's just kind of an unoriginal angle, right? But I enjoy him as I I enjoy his um his rapport that he has with Jill in that he's he's he he's framing him being a villain at any time he shows up to talk to Jill it, it's it's like he's trying to act as if he's teaching her a lesson about looking out mm-hmm. for yourself and yeah, i like so, i kind of like that so angle because I, I i would like that angle if the Jill in this game was the Jill from the OG games but this is not the same Jill Valentine and we'll we'll get into that well, we can get into that now. Let we let let's talk about Jill. Oh, Delilah, sorry. Did you? Did no, you, I was yeah. just gonna say. I mean, what what is Nikolai aside from someone who does a job for money? Like, I don't really see any like motives beyond that. Yeah, it's like him as a villain isn't interesting, but him as a character kind of yeah. is. You know, just just the way he he kind of frames his motivations and his interactions with Jill are what make him interesting, but. His motivation itself, his the 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 whole greed message being bad, like yeah, it's 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 not original and it's not done in a particularly profound way. Yeah, but yeah. sorry, what were you gonna say about Jill? Well, let's talk about Jill. <laughs> well, what I was gonna the reason I say that you you would be right if it was the original Jill because the original Jill was essentially defined by her selflessness and compassion a good comparison for anybody who's actually read the the books the harry potter books jill valentine is essentially Ginny weasley in the books where she's essentially defined by herself um it's just the best the the most popular character i could think of where just fiercely loyal compassionate but she's willing to kick ass if she has to defend her friends but she's defined by her selflessness and compassion for others and I understand that for book readers, you'll know that it might be a bad comparison because movie Ginny Weasley is awful, but it, and not at all a representation <laughs> of the books. But anyway, okay. anyway, the point being is that Jill Valentine is defined by her compassion and selflessness, which would have played really well with Nikolai and the, the whole him being greedy because it's a foil. It you, It's a completely well, opposite characters. Jill in this game, well, it's not Jill Valentine. It's just a cliche idea of what Twitter millennials think a badass stoic 
female characters should be. Like the extent of her dialogue is, all right, let's find a swear word that works in this sentence and use it when she does talk. In the original game, she talks a lot and she's constantly worried about people. I, it, it, it's, oh my God, it's... I don't agree with that. She, and I, I and like, the, worst part, the worst part is that she ping-pongs. In some scenes, she'll seem just doughy-eyed and stupid. And then in the next scene, she'll she'll be spewing like fucking swear words and some conception of well, a badass okay. action movie dialogue think, scene. And, you know, we, we talked about this in our Resident Evil 1 episode when we talked about Resident Evil 1 remake. And the question I asked you guys was, does this game need to be remade again? Uh, to bring it up to the, the same kind of standard they've set for th- these other modern remakes. And we we all pretty universally said no, right? Um, but also, the the Jill we were familiar with bef- prior to Resident Evil 3, th- this modern remake Res- Resident Evil 3, like, they're, they're... I mean, we're talking about this potentially being, like, kind of a separate can- canonical continuity... Um, the character, I mean, even we, we even talk about Resident Evil 2. I feel like the Leon there is, is different from the Leon in original Resident Evil 2 and definitely different from the Leon that is in Resident Evil, original Resident Evil 4. And Don't shoot me, I'm a human. So, like, <laughs> like it, it's, it's just kind of a different take on the characters that's more modernized yeah. with more modernized dialogue. But, like, no, I, it, it, I, I, I don't think that she's a completely different character in the sense that like she's not she's no longer compassionate i think we're it put in her shoes in this game the first person that helps her is working for the company she's actively trying to take down yeah yeah, no i know working with people that are working in that company i don't i don't blame her for kind of being a little hostile and 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 crass toward them because in her eyes they're the ones that are at fault for the reason the whole city is gone to shit all right so to also, be- oh sorry go ahead Delilah. no i was just gonna say i also feel like um i i don't remember jill from the original re3 but obviously like not just in terms of character but also in combat she's a lot more seasoned she's been through shit like like you know, she already dealt with the 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 Spencer Mansion, and now she's right. here, like trying to save Raccoon City as as much as she can, um, and take down Umbrella. So I, I just feel like she's just a lot more like gruff in this in this remake. Um, I don't remember how she was in the original, but I didn't mind it because I really liked the voice actress for her, and I really like her design. So, but I will agree with you, Jason. There was really a lack of dialogue, and I felt like they could have done more to like make Jill because, like, I feel like Jill's one of the best characters, and I just didn't don't feel like we got that in this game. And it's because they cut so much shit. Yeah, if you think about it, in many ways, she's like a a lot of people would assume Chris Redfield is like the protagonist, but in many ways, it's actually her. Like to the point where, like, in later games, she's kind of the plot uh quest item so to speak they're looking for her but um don't get me wrong like i'm not saying that like she needs to be nice all the time that's not what i mean like as i said i used the Ginny weasley comparison because Ginny weasley is known for getting like fiercely defensive of her friends in the in the original game that's how she was like she was very compassionate helpful and self and but she was also selfless she was willing to turn on a dime and do what she needed to do and give it her all to defend her friends 
and to be charitable to the writers here, I can see what they're going for. And Mark, you kind of alluded to this with the uh, the traumatized warrior trope, where yeah, they're well, trying that, to portray that, that her. Oh, that sorry. is a big no, no. no I, I, I'll, I'll just build off of that because that we that is something we haven't really d- uh, dove into yet. Um, she's she, she's she's suffering from PTSD after the the Spencer Mansion, and like you, you, you survive something like that. Who the hell wouldn't? You know, I totally get it, and I, I, I liked that angle. I the the game. It's interesting way to open up the game is you. you it, First of all, they fake you out by th- making you think, oh, this is going to be like a Ethan Winters game. We're in first person mode right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's kind of got this internalized fear of being infected and, and becoming one of the zombies. And, and that's a really interesting evolution to, to do to her character in this remake continuity uh, versus in Resident, Resident Evil 3, the original Resident Evil 3. Uh, PS1, 1999, Resident Evil 3. Just kind of opens up with her talking about, like, city's gone to shit. I got to get out of here. This is my last escape. And she just, like, you know, jumps out of her apartment and runs down an alleyway and kills a zombie or two. And that that's kind of it. it this is a, in my opinion, this is a much more interesting opening to a much, kind of a much more interesting character. And, and I also think, Jason, like, she is compassionate in this. I, I do think... It, it's it's it go like I said. She's working with, in her eyes, the enemy, and it takes some time for her to warm up to and realize Carlos isn't my enemy, Tyrell isn't my enemy, Mikhail isn't my enemy. These guys are they they are actively oblivious to what Umbrella's done. They are actively trying to help, and she warms up to that. Right she, when when everything goes to shit on the train, she doesn't want Mikhail to sacrifice himself, and I'm sure she's really thankful of that. Who's the first person she contacts? Carlos, and and she Carlos helps her out, and she helps him out in the end. She doesn't want to shoot uh, Nikolai on the on the rooftop because she doesn't want to shoot Carlos. Right. I, I think I think she's more compassionate in this than you're giving than you're giving her credit for. And I, I you know, I, to an extent, I get the, the hostility at the beginning. Like I could see being a little jarring for Jill Valentine, but I think that's only because Capcom and the Resident Evil teams have kind of screwed over her character for a long time. Yes, Whereas the, they've the given Resident Evil five won't get into spoilers, but. There was yeah, a lot of controversy like, there, yes. In general, they've just given Chris the spotlight game after game after game, and Jill just she like that's why there's there, there's a there's a new Resident Evil movie coming out. It's either a movie or a series, Resident Evil Death Island. And there was a ton of hype surrounding that first trailer. And you know, granted, like some of these CG movies, like they're they're kind of hit or miss. Some of them are okay, some of them are pretty bad. Um but there's a lot of hype around this one because Jill's in it. People are excited just because they get to see more Jill. Because Jill is Jill, at least the OG Jill is just an intrinsic by default because of her personality, a more likable character than Chris was. I mean, it's half because she's a, she's a great character and a a lot of people like her, but it's also half because we haven't fucking seen her in a new resident evil storyline since resident evil five. Yep. Or not. Sorry, Revelations. Sorry, Revelations. But even then, Revelations wasn't uh, was only a few years after five. It's been a long ass time since we saw Jill in a, in a new storyline. 
So whereas they keep rehashing Chris, Chris keeps coming back. So to to try to be charitable and fair to the writers, I do understand what they're trying to do. They're as I said, they're trying to do the traumatized word. They're trying to do the Ellen Ripley in Aliens or Sarah Connor in T two trope. Mm-hmm. However, the problem and on paper, I agree with you, and I like that, and I especially like it with the direction that they went in with Carlos in the game, and it could have worked beautifully. However, it's all about the execution. So while on paper, I do agree with you that it's a really good idea to have her almost as a um, a mentor dealing with her own issues to the naive Carlos, um, who doesn't know what he's getting into, and that could have worked beautifully. You'll notice that in movies that they're obviously trying to emulate with this character in this game, like Aliens or you know Terminator 2, Yes, the characters are very stoic, but it's also very clear that they're dealing with stuff and like having her like the problem again is in the little dialogue she's given, it's usually her swearing and cussing and never actually being afraid of, you know, Nemesis, the titular character of the original game. Whereas when you compare that to, say, a character like Ellen Ripley or Sarah Connor, they are dealing with deep seated fears and they deal with it or they, the problem is that they're trying to deal with it with anger or being standoffish and it's by opening up. And by the end, when you have like that famous line in aliens, step away from her, you bitch. Like they use the swearing to emphasize that it's a major character turning point in this. It's like whenever, whatever little dialogue we get from Jill, it's just some combination of a swear and her trying to sound like a badass, but it just sounds like somebody on Twitter trying to sound like a badass and i really don't think it's that bad i don't did we play two different games i don't remember it being this bad and i just replayed it it's like i I, I don't know because like half of her dialogue is just some shit that she says to nemesis which uh, we'll talk about nemesis undermines nemesis as a core element of the game it's like take a hint you fucker Oh, burn you fucker. Now my turn, fucker. It's like that's half her dialogue. Well, and okay, it, okay. It kind, fine, of undermine, fine. it kind of undermines the idea that she's traumatized and is dealing with deep seated fear. Well, okay. You know what I mean? Counterpoint to that, though. Counterpoint to that. She's not afraid of Nemesis. She fought Tyrant, right? Like, he's just another more advanced Tyrant. I, I, I don't think she's afraid of him. She's afraid of the, of the virus itself. Mm-hmm. She'll t- she like she yeah she's a, a initially maybe a little a little shaken by the fact that this fucking eight foot tall beast cra- or uh, plows through her apartment building trying to get her, but like she's overall not afraid that much of Nemesis. It it's the infection that that is that's what she has nightmares about. Right, even toward the end of the game when she wakes up, right before she wakes up in the hospital. Uh, cured of the uh, of the of the T virus because she does get infected in this game. She doesn't have a nightmare about Nemesis. She has a nightmare that Carlos comes in and he's infected and attacks her. Mm-hmm. Like she, that's what she's afraid of. That's the deep seated fear. So like her fighting, mm-hmm. her fighting Nemesis and just cursing at him, not really being afraid of him. I, that doesn't bother me because it makes sense why she wouldn't be afraid of him. Well, I, I I mentioned that a to illustrate that half of her dialogue is just her put saying those 
really bad one-liners to Nemesis, but all and it it well, so, also, but isn't it, that it, it also has the side effect of undermining Nemesis, which we'll get to. But Nemesis is also supposed to be the embodiment of that fear, like to, from a from a from a mechanical storytelling perspective or perspective. Yeah. To be fair to the dialogue, Jason, there were worse ways that this game undermines Nemesis than Jill's dialogue. Oh, sure. No, no. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I just because we're talking about Jill, I just wanted yeah, to put I, it in I, there yeah. that it, it's a big factor. Um, the one th- the one thing I'll say that this game that, that is an absolute travesty is that this game wasted the you want stars. I'll give you stars line um, yeah. in, in passing like they completely wasted. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> That is that's the last thing she says to Nemesis in the original game when she's just one one hand firing a fucking magnum at his at his nearly deceased head. She says that and that it's like one of the most badass lines in video game history and it's just totally wasted in this game. Yeah, I, I guess, guess because they wanted to do they wanted to do things differently so they didn't want to use the line in the same place. No, 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 no. Use that line where it belongs. That that is the cheesy ending one liner that we need this game to end on, not uh, as a throwaway when she's running away from him. I guess to summarize very quickly what I'm trying to get at the original Jill, compassionate, confident, loyal, just very, very likable character. I understand on paper what they were trying to do with Jill here. And on paper, I actually think it's a good idea as and I love Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor, two of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah. It's just the, not the execution executed just well. Didn't work for you. Yeah, the execution just not only fell flat; it actively ruined many things, many elements of the story for me. A I ended up, of... I ended up liking Carlos better as a character, and we'll, we'll get into why later. But like, yeah. I, and and that shouldn't be a thing. I shouldn't like Carlos better than Jill Valentine. <laughs> Delilah, what 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 are your thoughts on Jill in this game? I feel, I feel like this is just Jason and I arguing with each other. Yeah, no, no. I um, I mean, I think had had she had more interactions with more characters aside from just Carlos and Nemesis, maybe we would have seen more of that compassionate yes. side or a little bit more about her. That's another but, thing is that in the original game, it's much larger and she does interact with a lot more. Not a lot more, but a lot more, more characters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, I, I mean, let's keep rolling. Let's talk about Carlos and and why Jason liked him more. You, I guess, Jason really doesn't want to live in a Carlosless world. No, I do not. <laughs> no, I, so so again, as I was as I mentioned earlier, like it would if you're going to do the traumatized, um, and now kind of veteran warrior with Jill, having Carlos be the naive, although it's weird because he's clearly shown in the cutscenes to be like better trained for combat than Jill, but, but to have him, you get what I'm saying. To be, to have I be don't naive. know if I agree with that either, but go ahead. Anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make to have him be her foil and that he's naive. He thinks he's doing a great thing by working for umbrella and trying to save people mm-hmm. and then realizing the truth. Like he has more of a character arc. I feel like in this game than Jill did. Well, the remake. Yeah. That is. No, I, that I, that absolutely because he he thinks he's on he thinks he's on the correct side of, of of things. He thinks he's working for a good company, and he slowly starts to realize like, oh shit! Like he does he, as he's on his mission. He's kind of re, he's you're, you're playing as him. You're reading notes, and he's kind of coming to the conclusions that oh, what Jill told me was right. Umbrellas fucked up. 
Right. Uh, we are not the good guys, or I am not. I at the very least, I am not working for the good guys. You know, and that that's that's a conclusion he kind of comes to on his own. He just he's he's just more likable than Jillinus. He has corny one liners, which harken back to Resident Evil of old. He's got he's not like full of himself. He's got a humble personality. He calls Jill a super cop. It's it's just. I don't know. He's just a likable action hero. He's not anything like super special. I'm not saying he's like super great or super particularly well written. He just stands well, out as like something tolerable in this. Yeah, but I think the the way he's portrayed in tolerable. the original. Wait, what was that? He said tolerable. <laughs> um the the way he's portrayed in the original game, I think is 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 fine. Like he's a mostly a throwaway, forgettable character that that's right. just kind of like someone if to facilitate that story. Whereas here, like I actively want more Carlos. Yes. I want them to bring back Carlos in something because his chemistry with Jill is very, very good. Right. And he is he is a much more fun and interesting character this time around uh ju- just just because of that arc that they pr- uh, provide also to just comment on the cheesy one-liners the the line that will never fail to make me laugh is uh when he's in the when he's in the raccoon city police department you go up to one of the doors um with one of the card suites on, uh, suits on it, you, you know how the Raccoon City Police Department had the the the, the, the diamond door, the spade door, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in the lobby, when Ty, when because Tyrell's in there, if you go up to one of those doors and try to open it, Carlos just shouts out, "Now here's a weird fucking door." Yeah, I love that. <laughs> fucking cracks me up. Just the delivery of it, and Tyrell's just like, "Ignore it. <laughs> go find the." Uh, Go find uh, the, the doctor. Uh, not, yeah, not just more time with Carlos, but more time with Carlos and Jill together. Again, yeah, I, I, I see what they're, I see the character archetypes they're setting up, and what they're trying to do with them. And on paper, I like it all. It's just, it doesn't have enough time. It's not well executed. It feels rushed. Like the game overall, it took like time to beat. Says on average, it's like four hours. Um. I think it ended up taking me like five hours because I left it paused a lot for various reasons. Like, there's not much here, and it could have like it could have worked with more time, more we'll, interactions we'll, with these characters. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that um, a, a little later. Uh, Delilah, any anything you want to talk about with uh, with regards to Carlos? No, I agree. He's likable, but once again, it's just one of those things where there wasn't much going on in this game. There could have been a lot more in terms of story and gameplay. That just feels like I don't know. It just it feels a little throwaway for me. Re three remake, honestly, yeah. it's not very memorable. Well, uh, I, I guess let's t- the moment everyone's been waiting for. Let's talk about the big lad. Let's talk about uh, Nemesis. Hmm. Um, I do. I do want to just throw out there i i this in a lot of these modern resident evil games this and and you know this is probably maybe it might be tied for my least favorite if not my least favorite of the of the modern resident evils but i do think the opening cutscene to this one is one of the most chilling and well executed opening cutscenes to one of their one of the these modern games 
um, where it's just a lot of it's a lot of news uh, broadcasts and news stories about the virus uh, breaking out uh, in Raccoon City. And at the same time, you're seeing you're seeing um, uh, so, some scientists from Umbrella talk on television about how they're trying to save lives. And at the same time, they're at like you're seeing scenes interspersed of them developing nemesis and you just see these 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 brief like fast cuts of of him you see the weird eyeball and you get the the long shot of like the coffin that he's in and at the very end of it you briefly see codename nemesis until it just fades to black um it's yeah, just it, it's expertly done it's chilling it's creepy and it it's the perfect setup for this game uh, yeah i do like how they're trying to ground um in these remakes and in the series in general, they're trying to ground Umbrella more and make it less of like a cartoony villainous organization and more of a, like this could be a, a, f- a big pharma company in real life or like a military industrial complex. Any not, of those big, you know what I'm saying? Not only ground Umbrella, but just ground the game like somewhat more in reality. A lot of the clips in that opening that I talked about, the reason, part of the reason it's so effective is a lot of it's live action. Right. Um. It it almost it, 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 it's kind of similar to what they did at the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Four, where you can get, uh, there, there's like several, like a set of five or six or so, like real, real live action filmed like commercials to kind of set up the world for that game, and it's it it it's talking about like the war economy and 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 just contextualizing the 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 climate of war and the world that it's in. And this is kind of doing the same thing with a similar approach, having live action, having actual people report on these things as if they're actually happening. It was just super effective for me, and I really, really loved it. And and yeah. again, ending on that chilling shot where the last thing you see is the code name Nemesis uh, label on the on the, the the container, and it immediately fades to black. You almost don't even get a chance to read it. It's just so chilling. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And it also like puts a lot of pressure on you when you're playing as Jill. Like, you know, you just don't have that much time left to like save Raccoon City because they're going to fucking bomb the shit out of it. Yeah. And so you have to get done. We need to get done in like a very short amount of time. That's like a lot of pressure. And you feel that intensity in the beginning of the game. And then it kind of just dies, I think, as soon as you leave um, the city. And same thing with Nemesis. His he. I mean, I was more scared. Mr. X is like a sort of a lesser version of him. Like you got Nemesis. He's like, he talks. He has flamethrowers coming out of nowhere. Like he. (laughs) He talks, but he only says star. Yes. But like he's faster. Like, like, you know, he, he runs after you a lot quicker than Mr. X, unless you're playing on hard mode. Then Mr. X seems like he runs. But he's just like he, he seems what should be scarier than Mr. X. But it was only in the beginning of the section of the game that I was actually scared of him. Yeah, well, and and this is talking about Nemesis is gonna kind of um, half talk about and Nemesis as he as he is in the story, and half Nemesis as he is as a gameplay mechanic. Um, he in the original game, like there's random spots where he will show up out of nowhere but you're also in the city significantly long like the city proper in downtown raccoon city you're there for a significantly longer period of time than you are in this remake and the majority of the times nemesis shows up uh they're they're all scripted 
Yes. And that really takes like they did the nemesis thing in Re- Resident Evil 2 uh, where Mr. X is roaming the halls of Raccoon City Police Department and you are you can take uh, you can take precautions to try and avoid him. You know, you can you can not run around so that he won't hear your footsteps and stuff like that stuff is baked into the game. It's it's kind of weird that nemesis in, in the original release that was the that was the selling point, right? Like this 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 dude could pop out at any random time and yeah, fuck the day up. Mister Mister X in remake and RE two remake yeah. feels more like the original Nemesis. Yes, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. it, it's kind of funny and ironic that that was the selling point on the PS one for for Resident Evil three that this dude will he'll he'll just randomly show up and you got to deal with him and, and not only will he randomly him. show up but it was a big deal back in 1999 when the first game came out like you couldn't just run to the next area and he wouldn't he fought like it was a big deal when people found out yeah. oh shit he follows you across areas and mm-hmm. he's got a rocket launcher he's shooting at you the entire time like that was a that was a big deal yeah here like there there's a brief there's a brief moment while you're running around raccoon city uh downtown uh the, the the downtown of the city uh where he might randomly show up or he does pursue you it's not long and afterwards everything is scripted yeah every yes. every interaction every boss fight it, it's all scripted stuff and that's a huge wasted opportunity especially because so cool. um I'm trying to remember like how much you had to put into him in the original game because he's super easy to deal with when he shows up in this game. In this game, yeah. They they liberally spread out um, these electric things you can put one shot in and it Mm. effectively takes him out long enough for you to get away. He completely goes down with one grenade, which we'll talk about ammo economy in this game, but that should be everybody should have a grenade to an extra grenade to chuck at him. And once you do that, take them out. Don't have to worry about them for a while. For almost, depending on how you play it, almost the entire game, except for the boss fight, the scripted boss fights. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, he only he only free roams and pursues you for a very brief period of time right. when you're when you're in downtown Raccoon City. Um, and it's it's worth parallel or not parallel um, contrasting that in the original game. Uh, the game starts where you know you're walking through the apartments. You see zombies, and the first human, I, the first normal person I think you meet is you're in that garage area, and there's a guy, but he won't leave, and Jill tries to get him to leave, and you can actually yeah. come back there later and find him dead. There's build up to Nemesis in the original game. You don't see him right away. Well, you you meet your partner, and he tells you that somebody's chasing him, and then yeah, and then you encounter him in in the RCPD, I believe, is the first time, right? He jumps through the window. Uh, just, yeah, just outside of our our uh, RPD, but I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold that against the remake, because uh, I do think the opening is really cool. How she like there is some suspense. She gets she the, the the phone is ringing off the hook. She get I mean it's very it's a very brief moment of suspense. It's more of a, a a very abrupt surprise. Um, but I do think the opening section where he's crashing through the apartments is is, is overall cool. It's followed by an extremely linear set of hallways, and then kind of that's kind of like the whole first act of the game. And I think that's really disappointing. But 
uh, it, it, I, I, th- I think that intro, I, you remove the suspense, but I think what we got was still a worthy, um, uh, replacement, I guess. It also harkens to an, a core issue I have with the game as a game in that it feels at odds on whether or not it wants to be an action game or survival horror. Well, I, to be fair, um, that's been resident evil since resident <laughs> evil four, Jason, well, actually, well, no, 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 no. Since the original resident evil two. Yes. But, um, well, I think I think RE2 remake nailed the survival it being a survival horror game. And here there's so many scripted action sequences and on rails things that and, and tiny moments where I think it's a cutscene, but if yeah. I'm not paying attention, you'll die and have to restart over from the save. And then like the gameplay elements of the actual survival horror sections and we'll get to that again. I mentioned ammo economy in one thing. But uh Two- it, so, so it starts. The point I'm trying to make is that it starts bombastically, where you meet Nemesis right at the beginning. He breaks through the wall in your apartment, as opposed to the original game where there's build up to him. I did not like that. I, I, you just said you were a fan of it. I absolutely hated that opening apartment sequence. Did not work for me at all. It felt almost like contrived. Like Jill had all the plot armor in the world. Like it was he, like he's literally taking the ceiling of the hallway and ramming it against you, and it's like he just stops at the right time so you can press forward on the stick to keep moving. It's I don't know, Delilah. What did you think of the opening sequence with Nemesis? Um, I thought it was fun. I didn't mind it. I wasn't critical of it. Um, more, more so, I I just thought it was like, <laughs> why are you laughing? I just love that subtle dig at Jason. Like, I wasn't critical of it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, I, sometimes, like, Delilah, with Resident Evil... No, I know. I, I don't mind it. Actually, I, I like it. It's, it's just, for me, like, sometimes when I see stuff like that, especially in a Resident Evil series, I kind of just take it as it is, like, it, as just being ridiculous, you know? And I kind of just roll with it. A lot of the series is, you know? It's true. The only reason I bring up the plot armor and it, it feeling ridiculous is because precisely because with these remakes they seem to have been trying to ground it so much i'll i'll give you a lot armor thing totally it clashes it was excessive and it's not just damage jill took i'll agree with that it's it's not just this opening sequence either it happens again and again and again i I, I agree i agree i i will agree with you there that jill jill takes jill takes a lot of hurt and yet she's like totally fine it, it made more it, it it feels so like when it comes to like suspension of disbelief and like plot armor feeling in the original games those were all, like when you're running from nemesis it's all gameplay so like it, it feels a little more be- not believable but just you're playing it. it's part of the game yeah here when it's a scripted you know cutscene or interactive sequence it just it that's taken away from it yeah, I'll, I'll agree 100% with that. There, there, And there's there's just largely way too many scripted, planned sequences in this game that just make it feel like a linear su- succession of events rather than a Resident Evil game. Resident Evil, lar- a large part of Resident Evil has always been that exploration, uh, that e- exploration bit. And there's only one really big, beefy chunk of exploration in this game. The rest are kind of minor ones that are that are over and done with before you know anything interesting happens the sewers it's it's you go down one path you go down another path you get a key and then you you can basically make your way out five minutes later um they cut 
the well, I mean, we'll talk more about uh, content missing, but one of the one of the fan biggest fan complaints about this remake, they're the clock tower sequence, the clock tower uh, level. It's totally cut. Instead, they just do a scripted boss fight outside of it, and then it moves along to the next story beat. Yeah, just to give just to give people context who haven't played the original, that that was a big moment. So that helicopter that you try to get to in the remake at the top of the parking garage before you drive into Nemesis and plow over him and off of it. So in the original game, you're calling in the rescue helicopter. It's coming to the clock tower and it gets shot down by Nemesis with his rocket launcher. And then there's a cutscene of him just standing on top of that clock tower with his rocket launcher. And it really cemented him kind of as that antagonistic force. But the whole the whole lead up to that was a, a Resident Evil level. You were solving right. puzzles and, and finding things that you needed in order to progress in that clock tower. It was a full Resident Evil level. Uh, here's a scripted boss fight and moves on to playing as Carlos in a hospital. And again, that all plays back to like this feel like people. And you mentioned in the beginning that there was more than a year of dev time. And that is true. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, though, I think this is why people feel like this game was rushed. It, well, it, because it's so short, it's so compact. There's not a lot to it. And and the the other reason, the other main reason I brought that up was the in house, the the majority of the in house team, the A team at Capcom was on that Resident Evil Two remake. Right. Um, it, it's it's weird how we can kind of um, meta contextualize. Uh, Resident Evil 3, original Resident Evil 3 was kind of seen as a, as a disappointment in comparison to 2 at the time, and it's the same thing here, not not necessarily for the same reasons, uh, but it's, it, it's, it, history is kind of repeating itself here. There's lots of reasons people were not disappointed whatsoever with Resident Evil 2 Remake. Hell, it was, I think I named it at the time when we did our episode about like our favorite games that year. I think that was my game of the year that year. Mm. Um again yes. at the time. Um and and Resident Evil 3, like it pro- I don't it, it probably didn't even crack my top 5. I mean 2020 was a great year for games and it didn't crack mm-hmm. my top 5. Um Yeah. So there's it it's just interesting to think about that history really is repeating itself that way. Um, yeah, they they I also remember like there were more locations besides the clock tower. They may yes. not have been as significant, oh, yeah. but I feel like I remember there being just a lot more to the original. Re- I bring the up original the whole park tower. or something. I bring the up the clock tower just because it was bigger than the... the original RE2 map. Uh, well, you had, a bunch sense... of ci- you had a bunch of city, you had the clock tower, the gas station, the garage. Yeah, there, I mean, there was I mean, a lot. Yeah, because because this was the game that opened it up like you're no longer just confined to the, a single building for the majority of the game. You have an entire city to explore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Raccoon City at the beginning of original Resident Evil 3 was your map. And it was it, it was. Yeah, it was bigger because it was a city versus a building. Um, and But even still, it almost feels like. Uh, like at least in the remake the police department felt bigger than the whole entire downtown <laughs> raccoon city oh, no, no, no. and that was only you only ex- are able to explore half of raccoon city police department yeah right uh and, in 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 this game and and for people who didn't play the original the in terms of like relative space to the size of your character there was way more in the original than is in this remake this remake is 
far smaller and condensed compared to the original map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and that we, we could talk. I guess and talk more about just missing content in general because that, that that that's the biggest thing that and Delilah, you're one hundred percent right. There was a there was a graveyard or cemetery location in the original, totally cut. Um, there, there's a few others. I just can't remember them all, all off the top of my head. Uh, but the yeah. biggest, the biggest one that people were upset about was the clock tower. Right. That's why I call that one out specifically because, uh, a lot of people really love that segment of the original game. And <laughs> you, you go to the clock tower here. You just don't do anything in it. Yeah. yeah they, they also show you like the gas station that gets blown up in the original. You can see it through an alleyway, like the, the gas station yeah. sign. Like they try to show it and make references to areas they know, but it, it's so weird. Like well, again, goes back to the beginning of the, they were probably on some kind of timeline, and were forced. I, I just you know. think it. I just think the, it. It mostly comes down to the a, the A team wasn't on this game. They they outsourced yeah. a lot of this game. I mean, and, and you know, I'm not against games reusing assets. I mean, I think it's the smart the smart thing to do. And any and all mm-hmm. games should should do that. I mean, it's why engines exist, right? right. Why why are you going to spend or waste time rendering a, a basic object when you could just grab the object as it exists in an engine so and the resident evil games have been reusing um they've been reusing assets since resident evil 7 like there's tons of assets from resident evil 7 that are still i mean it's all part of the re engine right hell i'm sure you i'm sure you can find resident evil assets in devil may cry 5 i would not be surprised whatsoever um yeah my, my my point being though is maps are reused i mean res- the the raccoon city police department it's the same map and i'm not i'm not saying that's a problem that's smart absolutely do that the issue is if you're going to reuse so much stuff i feel like there still also needs to be more new stuff in this game but there just isn't there's not a lot here um even the final location they reuse nest it's a it's a nest too it's a different nest than the one that you explore in resident evil uh resident evil 2 but it's truncated and it's mostly it's or no i shouldn't say mostly the same but it's pretty similar Mm -hmm. right um i i have nothing against reusing assets i completely agree with you with all that it just seems that between all the different factors that we brought up that this game, even if even if it was in the oven longer than people think it was, it there's a reason why people feel like it was rushed. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And the one thing I do want to call out is um, I, I guess I don't know if this was an internal justification behind it. Resident Evil 3 did come packaged with a whole multiplayer game uh, yeah but resident so evil like resident evil 8 i felt like was like substantial in its content and they also were well they haven't released it but it's, it was supposed <laughs> well, to be packaged with a free yeah, multiplayer is, mode i think it is out finally now it I is think, okay i, think, I, I think <laughs> came out late last year officially um, yeah. But you're, you're right. It, it, that was a game that was supposed to launch with a whole other. But that felt that still felt like a full video game um, and much more to the extent than this did. Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, but I mean, Resistance, like I appreciate them trying that like Dead by Daylight formula with 
uh, with Resident Evil characters, which is a really cool idea because it works. It's survival horror, you know, for for survivors, one killer. Yeah, no doubt. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, it didn't work as well because there's other games, like I said, Dead by Daylight, that do it better. But um, yeah, Resistance, although I appreciate them experimenting to it, it doesn't supplement this game. And I'll give them credit. They separated the trophy list, which I completely appreciated as a trophy hunter. (laughs) Thank you so much. Like, I like I will praise that uh, forever. But I I still feel like it wasn't it didn't make the game worth it, especially because not everyone really wants to play that mode anyway. Delilah bringing up the things that only her and I care about. (laughs) (laughs) The the trophies. Don't make me play this for trophies, please. Yeah, no. And and to that to the trophy point, I platinum this game in two days, and yeah. like that's replaying it what three or four times like on the hardest I, difficulty and I think it took me because I, I think I overachieved. I think I don't think I had to play every every difficulty. Uh, I don't think you have to play every difficulty for the plat, but I did because I wanted S ranks on every. But I was to the point where. Um, and keep in mind, this was a, this was an early pandemic game. So, um, Mm -hmm. we were all home, right. And I would log off of work. I'd go boot up the PlayStation, uh, like a little after four o'clock or so. And I was to the point where I was able to knock out a playthrough, uh, before I had to cook dinner at like five 30 or something. Like oh, I yeah. could start from the beginning yeah. and play. I think if we look at my shortest time, it was like an hour and three minutes for a playthrough. Especially Keeping if you play this, and shit. especially if you try to play it as a survival horror, where like you're trying to avoid a lot of enemies or as many as you can at least. Yeah, you can run through sections of this. Yeah, but also with the unlockables, you can get the infinite launcher and stuff. And like yeah. that, that, that is something that I will, you know, I'll always praise a Resident Evil game because most Resident Evil games are really good about their unlockables. Like this one has a ton you can get, and it's really enjoyable to do the the, the record the records that you had to do. Like uh, they could range from being similar to the trophy list, you know, beat the game on Inferno difficulty or. Uh, do this puzzle in less than this amount of time or whatever to things like uh i i think there were there were some cheesy little things you had to do i can't remember off the top of my head but they'd give you points that you could spend on unlockables and like you could get a lot of really cool stuff really useful stuff uh including like early access to bolt cutters and the lock pick so you could actually mm-hmm. sequence break um they, they actively encourage shit like that through these unlockables and i think that's really really cool but I do wish it was all in a more substantial and long game. One that even with that stuff would take me longer than an hour to beat. Yeah. And even if you like cut out the extra stuff that they added in RE2 remake with like, with, like the orphanage and stuff like that, the, even if you cut that out from the RE2 remake, RE2 as a game still felt more substantial than this yeah, as a whole, no, no. you know, 100%. I, I mean, just just from the fact that RE2, and, and, and uh, to, to be clear about the comment I just made, like, if the game took only took me an hour to beat, but it was actually a test of my knowledge of my skill. Like, we've talked about this before with other Resident Evil episodes, where replaying the game becomes a test of how much you learned from that first playthrough. I mean, I definitely talked about it in, Sil- in our Silent Hill episode. 
Uh, I'm name dropping a ton of episodes that we've done. I expect all of the listeners <laughs> haven't listened to these or play these games. Go listen to these episodes. We have a lot. Go this listen. Is... Every, it's, it's a win-win. You get to understand what we're talking about and we get, <laughs> we get views. Yeah. For listening. Yeah, yeah. Win-win. That, that's exactly right. This is a, a symbiotic relationship. Um, but uh, my point is like, if this was a game that took an hour, but it was a test of my skills, in Resident Evil 2, it was like, you, you, you knew you needed a key, and so you, you had to remember that, and then you know, okay, in order to get to that key, you need this item, and you know where that item is, and there's lots of thought, there's lots of planning that goes into that, and if that takes you an there's hour... There's also puzzles, like locks and codes right. that you could memorize, yeah. It's a and, test and- of skill, yeah. It's a test of skill. It's a test and, and a test of skill, a test of memory, a test of a lot of things. And so speed running be, be, is less just how fast can you do it? It's how much can you remember? I, I know I've said this about in our Silent Hill or our Silent Hill one episode where that and that that's like a common survival horror. Survival trope, horror. Right? Yeah, it's, it's part of the genre. It's like it's almost like min maxing in RPGs, but you're min maxing yeah. the survival horror elements. Yeah. Right, right. Because so much of it is puzzle solving. So re- the replayability comes in. How fast can you do it? And the speed is not just how fast can you go through this sequence of events. It's do you remember where everything is so you can do it as fast as possible? Um, this game, it, it that that aspect is lost so early on and it so quickly becomes just a linear sequence of events that it, it's it, speed running it. It, it's it's quick it's fast but it's kind of boring um yeah you're just not testing yourself you're not quizzing yourself on okay where where do where do i need to go to get this thing the puzzles there's barely any and they're so simple uh and w- another thing that was like i feel like almost half of the puzzles definitely at least a quarter of the puzzles in this game because there's really not many uh, and, you know, I, I, I definitely talked in our Resident Evil 2 episode about how much I loved the locker uh, locks and the safes and finding the combos and stuff like because it, it, it didn't test me so much as I just needed to use some uh, some observation skills, of at least picking up a note and getting the combination or, you know, there was the one whiteboard and the one room in the in the police department that had a locker combo on it those are reused for this when you're mm-hmm. in the raccoon city police department. And that's like a quarter of the puzzles in this game. Yeah. And like There's... one of the big, one of the big puzzles of the game, it literally tells you the solution right next to the puzzle. With oh the, yeah. With the, the train, right? Map. Yeah. The train. Yeah. Route. Yeah. That's, that's the only major puzzle I can think of. And I mean, it's kind of cool how you kind of have to learn how to do it, but like it, it doesn't take long and it's not a substantial puzzle. And uh, it's it's just really disappointing guys yeah i feel like in a lot of resident evil games there's always like at least one or two puzzles that like you remember standing out and in this mm. game i didn't remember any i'm like looking at them right now and they seem like the <laughs> most basic of basic resident evil puzzles and, and keep in mind a lot of in the original re3 um and maybe that's where a lot of this got lost in translation in the original re3 a lot of the puzzle elements were mixed in with the combat with nemesis um for particular encounters, so one encounter you had to position Nemesis close to a tank so that Carlos could shoot it, so that stuff could the acid could spill onto him. Um, the final boss fight with him, you have to move around and position the batteries, and then position Nemesis 
to be in front of the laser cannon. It's not like this game where you just pick it up and shove it in his mouth. Um, to, the, yeah, and there was also a time. There was also a timer element. You had to complete everything before Raccoon City got blowed up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I agree. And there, there's a couple things in there that I do want to circle back to and talk about. There there is one thing that I I meant to mention earlier. Um. When when talking about um. Jill in this game versus like Leon and Claire and two is that. Uh, Jill is, you know, she is she is a trained professional, right? And I, uh, the, one of the one of the new she's mechanics they cop. add to she's super cop. Uh, one of the new um mechanics that they add to the, to the gameplay. One one of the only new mechanics they add to the gameplay of this versus Resident Evil Two, which you know why, why fix what ain't broke, um, is like that light dodge mechanic that they give her, um, which isn't much, but it kind of shows that she's a little more proficient in what she does than Leon or Claire. Leon being a rookie cop on his first day on the job, Claire being a college student. Um, it's like they they kind of that's kind of why Jill is, I guess, taking on these impossible odds with minimal issue is is it, they they acknowledge. And uh, and I also think that that's why this game is a lot more. It gets away a little more with being a lot more action heavy than two was, because Jill is a combat professional. She she knows what she's doing, and they they're kind of they know they can kind of lean more into that with this game. It's also why it's the same way in the original, mm-hmm. um, versus the original RE. No, I agree. And you mentioned that people didn't like the original RE three compared to yeah. two, and and the additional action elements and some people didn't like M nemesis. I remember those being reasons why people complained. Um, yeah, and I, I actually fair, didn't, the... oh, all I was going to say was like, I felt like the dodge mechanic was really finicky in this. Like it, sometimes it just it, didn't work it, for me. That, that's exactly what I was about to get to. It yeah. was worse than the original because they added pretty much the same thing, but it, it's so finicky, so hard to master, so hard to pull off here, at least like, uh, it, it works a little better and they give kind of like a witch time mechanic thing where if you time it just right and you get a perfect dodge, like the time slows down and you get to get a good shot in. It's, it, also, it all... it's also weird here too, though, like especially with Carlos, because Carlos, it's actually a punch. You you hit yeah. the enemy if you execute it right. But half the time, Carlos just starts punching air. Like he's not <laughs> even hitting the enemy. It's weird. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I ended up only using it if I had to. I use it more for movement than anything else. Like just yeah. moving faster. I will say the action still doesn't go as hard as every time you play as Chris Redfield in like any game. <laughs> That's when yeah. the action like goes over the top in those games. Even yeah. for a game like Resident Evil 8 that like the beginning felt very survival horror. The minute you play as Chris, that's it. It's a it's an action game. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I just wanted to circle back and talk talk about that because I, I meant to bring it up earlier. Um. Yeah, I mean, is there anything? Is there much else we we got? We oh oh yeah, you Jason, you bring up the uh the the rail gun at the end of the game. I do want to talk about like some of the boss fights, some of the boss encounters, because like some of them are pretty cool, some of them are pretty just you know dull and, and forgettable. But I do think the climax at the end, shoving the rail gun into Nemesis's mouth and blowing him inside out was a really fucking cool spectacle yeah Um, that was that was really cool that fight itself was annoying especially on harder difficulties but then once you did that it felt really satisfying like it 
it made up for a lousy boss fight because the, the it it's 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 a glowy eye boss fight, right? You got to yeah. push these battery things in. He's got some glowy things that you can shoot to stun him, uh, so you can push them in. It's it's not doing anything interesting. It just ends in a in the coolest fucking way. Am I? Yeah, opinion. I thought I thought all the Nemesis boss fights generally were kind of lackluster, including that one. And I, I will give you from a spectacle perspective, um, it is cool. I guess it. It kind of does harken back to some of the more over-the-top stuff like punching boulders. Um, Jill just picking up the railgun and shoving it in his face. But again, my problem with it more lies narrative. It doesn't feel earned to me. Okay. Like, that could that could have been, like, the, you know, step away from her, you bitch. Go, you know, referencing aliens. Like, hey, it could have been that kind of moment. Once again, this is where Jill should have said, you want stars. I'll give you stars. No, I agree. Oh, yeah, that would have been perfect. That's where that line belonged. And if she hadn't been, you know, cussing and quipping the entire time and it built up to that, <laughs> I think it would have been better. But that's just yeah. me. Um, I, You know, I say it's like some of the boss fights. I think every boss fight in this game was against Nemesis, right? Um, yes. Not... Yeah. And like, Which is not general, the case in the original. In the original, I think there was a few other there was like extraneous... a worm thing you fight. Yeah. I think that's the only. Oh, weren't there like spiders or something? Well, yeah. Oh, there, there were spiders. spiders in this game, but like bigger spiders. Yeah, there were spiders in the original. Um, the clock tower sequence, I think, had its own boss aside from Nemesis. I think that's the worm you're referring to. Um, I, no, I think I, I think the worm is in maybe the, the cemetery. I think the worm is in the cemetery, but I I, I could be mistaken. I'm having trouble remembering. Yeah. Yeah been a long ass time I, I i just remember very uh vividly the nemesis sequences like i referenced earlier um mm -hmm. just because of, uh they they are pretty unique in the gameplay mechanics that are in in and of themselves kind of puzzles um but yeah boss fight wise this, this was pretty lackluster even compared to two which i think two did the most like did better than i expected it to with what little it had yeah. Outside of Mr. X, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, yeah. Two. Two had a lot of evolving forms of uh of Birkin. Yeah. Um. And like the, the Nemesis is evolving throughout this entire game. I I kind of think he loses. I think I kind of think he evolves a little too quickly. Um. That yes. that that more humanoid form kind of goes away about halfway through, and he becomes like a like a big. Uh, quadrupedal monster especially when you um, consider that that he only has the rocket launcher for like a few minutes in this as well, he, but like, that was like his off, signature he yeah, trades that was his off weapons weapon. a lot more yeah like like well like there's the in initially he's got nothing and then he starts putting those um those things on other regular zombies to make them really fucking annoying to deal with um like the parasitic like type things on their heads mm -hmm. I just call them yeah. plug-us plug -us heads, infected yeah, heads. Yeah, almost, almost kind of like those. Um, and yeah, he gets the flamethrower for that one boss fight on that one rooftop, and then he gets a flame or a rocket launcher where you just run away from him, and that's when Carlos blows up a gas station to stop him, and that that's kind of it for humanoid nemesis. Yeah, you know, it does it doesn't go much more past that. Uh, there's a cutscene on the train and. Then after you leave the, the 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 train station, he falls into the river and becomes a, a bigger monster. It's it's over. It, it, Nemesis as we know him is over pretty quickly. Yeah. 
And then in terms of enemy variety, like we've got the hunter betas and they're kind of creepy, but like nothing like terribly special. Those pale head things uh, later in the game that you can't fucking kill are just annoying. Yeah, the proto regenerators. And that ties into like the I mentioned earlier briefly, the ammo economy in this game, at least in my experience, was very weird. Whereas I was stockpiling ammo in the early game when I didn't really need it. And then towards the end of the game where you're presented with a lot of bullet sponge enemies like those, I'm just going to call them regenerators because they're basically kind of like the regenerators from RE4 um, where you need lots of ammo. I found myself running out of ammo all the time in the end game. Well, I felt like the idea was not to engage or shoot at those. Yeah, no, to avoid them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously at the end you could beat it just by avoiding them, but I'm not just talking about those. I'm just talking about in general. I didn't. I found myself not being able to find ammo in like the back half of the game. It was almost like the game wanted you to stockpile ammo early and manage it throughout the entire game. It was kind of weird. I mean, I, maybe that's I, just I, my experience or how I played. Yeah, it might have been because I never had any issues with ammo. I, I always had enough. Um, I think even in my initial playthrough. I mean, that's kind of like a problem with a lot of times playing on. Uh, survival horror games uh on standard difficulty i found like that it was it was a an issue i had back in 2013 when i played the last of us for the first time i played through it on standard and by the end i just never hurt for ammo i was constantly loaded and it did not feel like a survival game and then i played on ground or uh not grounded at the time. survival uh, survival yeah thank you <laughs> and, um you play you play on survival difficulty and i'm like yeah it's one, one of the two um and I was I, I would always tell people like if you can if you can handle a harder difficulty, that's the best way to play that game because it actually feels like you're surviving. Agreed. And Resident Evil's felt like that for a long time where you constantly have more than enough ammo to get through whatever is ahead of you if you're playing on the normal difficulty. Um, yeah. You start playing on the harder difficulty, things become a lot of times they just increase the enemy health and reduce your resources, and it just becomes a little lazy and unfair. But, um, no, nah, I, I, this is a long winded way to say I didn't feel like I, I felt like I didn't have the same issues that you did. I mean, it only happened like once or twice towards the end. I just, I just know, I just noticed I wasn't, there weren't as many pickups items towards the end, but, um, it might have also been because, and maybe this, was just me. Maybe it's just been a while since I played RE2 Remake. The zombies here felt faster and more durable. Like, I couldn't, like, kneecap them, disable Like, they felt like they were closing in faster. And maybe it was just the cramped level design. Like, no, some, for... and, and the amount of mobs they throw at you and some of the encounters. Like, especially the Carlos ones. I feel like when I replayed both of these games in October... Because I, I, I replayed everything on when, it, when they... Uh, in October for Horror Month, and uh, just because the the new gen versions had come out, so I played through two and three pretty much back to back, and I they, they felt the same to me for the most okay. part. Okay, maybe I'm just misremembering them. Um, if anything, uh, Leon and Claire's arsenal is a little underpowered compared to Jill's arsenal against the enemies. Well, that's the other like thing. The you get the shotgun. Zombies. You get the shotgun like. Right off the bat, you're and you're yeah. stockpiling shells very early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do remember the Carlos section when you're in the hospital and you're you're like having to like fight them from coming in the windows. 
I remember that part, like struggling with ammo for my first playthrough. Oh, I I, I beat it on the, on the first try, but I did run out of ammo, and I had to take care of the last encounter. Just I had to knife the electric thing to stun them all, and yeah. then knife them all to death. Yeah. Man, I I uh, man, I did not run out of ammo on that section. I was also um, yeah, to be fair. Really... To be fair, I was also playing this game very liberally. Like I wasn't really yeah. playing it like survival horror. I wasn't planning out no, like I normally I mean... would. But, like, that's the thing, right? And we've alluded to this before. Like, Resident Evil, even the originals, like, starting with 2, like, they they did want to lean more into the action. Uh, uh, Resident Evil 2, uh, Resident Evil 1, original release Resident Evil 1 is much more a survival horror game. Resident Evil 2 is an action game with survival horror elements. And Resident Evil 3, even more so. Um, and then obviously the, the the whole formula got flipped got flipped uh, on its head with with Resident Evil Four, because um, it it was an action an action survival horror game that actually updated its mechanics to lend better to the action than it did uh, on mm-hmm. on the PS One games. Um, so Resident Evil has kind of been prioritizing action over survival horror for a long long time i i agree with you it it has a very similar development history in terms of the creator's intent to like final fantasy where a lot of the mainstay conventions we know of the series were due to technological limits of the time um Mm. and then people reacted negatively when technology caught up and allowed the developers to do what they had always really wanted to do well I don't know that people reacted terribly negatively to uh, uh, Resident well, I'm Evil just 4. Saying, but... I'm just saying like diehards. Resident Evil 4, yeah, it, yeah. It, there is, there, believe it or not, there are There is a contingent who, of people yes. that hate that game. I know, I know. Yeah. They're wrong, but there is a contingent of people that hate <laughs> yes. that game. Sorry if any listeners don't like Resident Evil 4. Um, you, you are wrong, but I hope you keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, we've jumped around a lot on 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 this game. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about? Um, so, so I guess just to be fair, be, to put in some things that I did like about this remake, um, I actually liked the change scene with Brad's death. I liked how that was handled here. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about Brad. Well, well Brad is—he's just like a—he's not out. even a side—he's not even a side character. He's just there. But I, I did like the way they handled it here a bit better than it was in the original. I liked Mikhail's scene here, how he goes out. It's cool. How he he sacrifices himself to try to take out, and he's just like, get off my train. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's very cheesy Resident Evil. Um, So there were were things that I did like and appreciate. Um, I just... And I feel, as I said earlier, I like on paper what the game is like, at least I think the writers were trying to do and what they were trying to set up. I think the game just needed more time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that that's I that I don't disagree with. That I, I, I don't disagree with at all. I totally totally get it. Um Yeah, Brad I, what I liked about Brad was that I mean in the original that that Brad Brad's fate is kind of tied in with Nemesis's introduction. He yes. Brad Brad dies when ne- Nemesis shows up. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. the one who tells Brad. you that there's a he's the one who tells you that something's hunting stars members yeah yeah and then a little bit after that you you arrive at rpd brad shows up and then nemesis shows up put a puts a tentacle through his chest and jill's like ah! um <laughs> in in very ps1 graphics uh but yeah so that 
it's it's more he's more tied into that introduction and it's very um it's meant for it's kind of played for shock value here he he he's the one that gives you the warning until it's interrupted by nemesis and then you run into him in the street and he gets eaten by zombies in in the same bar where he uh gets bit in the first or the original game Mm. Uh, but the the aspect that i do really like about it is that when carlos and tyrell make it to the uh, raccoon city uh police department building um brad brad is there and you have to gun him down Right. Um, and get his ID card. It's it, that that aspect I think is really because like Carlos and it, and it becomes he, is, he has no and, attachment to him. And it also becomes a gameplay item that you have to use. It's a key item yeah. that you have to use, which I thought was yeah. a cool touch. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I also like I do like the I I we, this is something we haven't talked about, which is the fact that this game this this game both the original and the remake bookend Resident Evil Two. Um, it takes place both before and after two. So, cause it takes place over the span of three or four days. Um, so like up and but before Jill becomes infected, uh, it's all pre resident evil two. And then after she wakes up, it's after mm-hmm. uh, so the, all the events of, of resident evil two happen between, between the, those two time periods. And I really like how this game makes, um, it makes efforts to like to kind of tie itself into to uh, like the fact that Brad is the reason Marvin Branoff got bit and was infected in the department, in the police department building before Leon shows up. Right. I think that is super cool. You find yeah. out that Brad is the reason that guy, that guy becomes infected. Um, I, I, I just think that's a great way to tie things, tie things in a little better. Uh, or just even the fact that, uh, well, in the original, uh, Nemesis actually is in the pol- the, the police department building attacking Jill. So Jill's Jill. the one who goes there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nemesis doesn't actually go th- go into wrecking the Raccoon City Police Department. Building. And and the hole in the bathroom wall. A lot of people when remake RE2 remake came out, a lot of people speculated that, that because it was a very Nemesis shaped, or I guess Nemesis sized hole. That yeah. in RE3 remake they would have you know Nemesis go through there, which obviously isn't what happens. But yeah, that would have been w- cool though. It would have been cool. It wouldn't have made sense because uh, Carlos, he plays Carlos, and he's gonna. Well, it would it would have made sense if Jill if was, Jill was there. the one yeah. to go there, like in the original. But uh, yeah, which I think is a part of why everyone was assuming that, right? Right. Because everyone thought, okay, if they do an RE3 remake, then Jill's gonna go there and Nemesis is gonna attack her. That's gonna make sense and. Yeah, they obviously things didn't didn't go uh, didn't go as planned, uh, so to speak. But yeah, I, I, that's just something I wanted to call out, and I think is I think they did some cool things with that idea. I do think that it became a little hard to track the timeline a bit, um, just with how the, the when they when they pop up the dates and the times and whatnot. And I, I was trying to work it out in my head like okay when did re2 take place does that even makes does it make sense that this timeline and it it does work out it does make sense it's just um they didn't really i guess try to make it too obvious how those kind of slot in together yeah, that might be think... that might be i don't think R, uh, re2 makes a lot of effort to tell you the date and time of that game's events but i could be wrong yeah. Yeah, I think they were trying to avoid confusing people who, you know, maybe didn't didn't play the original, and didn't realize that, or you, yeah. they just and and it's also it's taking place over such a shorter period of time as a game than RE2 was. 
So it, well, it kind of feels weird. Yeah, in the, in the sense that your playtime on this game is going to be significantly shorter right. than your playtime on Rare Right, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the last thing that I definitely want to call out as like a, a something I'm mi- missing that the original had, like, and this kind of ties in with replayability. Um, Resident Evil Three, both the original and the remake, only have one campaign, whereas one, two, both have uh, two. Well, f- two technically has four because you could do Leon A, Claire B, and then Claire A, Leon B. Um, this only has one in both iterations, but something that original re3 had that this one doesn't that i think would have made this game as a as a whole package a little more palatable are those moments where you get to make decisions right um and like the first one that you get to do is when nemesis shows up at the police station kills brad you can decide do you do you want to run or do you want to fight Right. And that like there's some minor decisions, but there's some major decisions that change things at the toward the end of the game pretty significantly. And that's just gone from here. That And that's part of why another major reason besides just the levels that were that are cut, like the replayability is is once again, just linear su- succession of events. Yeah. There's no variation in what you're doing, whereas like Resident Evil 3 arguably had more scenarios to play through because there's so many different choices to make that could make minor or major changes in your playthrough. There's reasons to replay that game. There really aren't reasons to replay this game. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's not really much more to say about that. It's just a point that I definitely wanted to bring up. Wasn't there a secret ending? I feel like I was read. I I remember a secret ending, and then I remember reading about a secret ending because I didn't. I didn't play this game again for the spoiler cast. I'm sorry, I didn't do my homework. Secret ending in for the original. I can't. I I can't remember if it was in the original or or if it was in in this one. In the original, there is a different ending. I believe if you whether or not you actually no, I think in the remake too. There's. Yeah, in the original there was different outcomes, and in yeah. the remake there was a, a oh, secret ending. Oh, there's, there, it's less a secret ending and more there's an alternative ending. That there is an ending in the original where Barry will help you. Yes. Um, but th- th- it's more so like it's like not really a secret ending. It's more just an alternative ending because it 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 depends on one of those choices that you'd make. So it's like it's an acceptable it's like, outcome. It's like, yeah, it's like saving the dog in RE4 kind of. Yeah, sure, but the, this is even more obvious than that because it's right. it's just it's either making choice A or choice B. Yeah, the yeah. game, the game, not like the game you have to pauses. go far out of your way. Yeah, like the game kind of pauses, and if I remember correctly, in the original, and like yeah. at least at least for killing Nikolai, it like pauses and say you know kill him or let him live. Yeah, and there's it it does yeah it's it's like a tro- it's like a choice like the the screen will kind of go to a negative film effect and then it'll give you the choice of like do you want to do this or this and that's that's kind of how that it's like yeah like i said it's it's more so one choice that you can get depend or one ending that you can get depending on the choice that you make and the choice is very clear cut and obvious like it'll lead to this or that yeah um i i will say that there was a post credit scene in this game uh not a substantial one it's just jill got out she's seems to be have a nice apartment on a sunny day and picks up that vial that nikolai shot which i don't know if that what that's supposed to be implying that maybe she's still 
in heavily investigating who he's yeah. working for. Again, I think that this goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the conversation and how they're going to tie it, it remains, all in. It remains to yeah. be seen, kind of, yeah. Because without spoiling anything, we know that this obviously isn't the end of her story in the series. And I mean, some big things happen, yeah. Is it ever? They're constantly adding on to this canon. <laughs> like, they're not going to stop. Yeah, it's like um, the Marvel Universe at this point. It's like, which continuity, which Earth is it, and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Story, gameplay, anything that we missed? Actually, I was just looking at the secret ending real quick because I forgot. And it, it's not really confirmed that that's Jill that picks up that vial, is it? Because like mean, we don't see her face, but I I think she's wearing similar clothes. She no, she's wearing the person is wearing like a green shirt, which she wears a blue. I mean, the ass is kind of the same though, I guess. Well, I mean, that's how I'm identifying the, her. Is by the ass. <laughs> I don't know. The ass might be a little flatter. I don't know. Clip huh. that. The ass is kind of the same. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, wait, I'm applauding the booty. I mean, Deli- it could be. Delilah's, Delilah's doing some ass analysis. <laughs> hey, after your namesake, you, you got your name listed as there ass in our Zencaster call. So. There you go. But yeah, I don't know. A green shirt makes me think like Rebecca. I mean, but maybe who knows? I, 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 I'm, I'm going to just go off the assumption that it's Jill. Uh, you're, yeah. you're right, though. We don't absolutely 100% know. And Delilah's on the case looking at that booty. Trying the to the booty's out. a little flatter than Jill's. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a, it, a little bit. Could it be a clear thing leading into Veronica? Like I don't know. I don't know. It's a green shirt and a little bit of a smaller booty than Jill's. <laughs> That's all I can say. Hey, maybe maybe it's not Jill. You know, For all we know, it, it could be Rebecca or Claire. Um, who's to say? It's it's uh, Again, it's all just kind of... Uh, it's all it's all just kind of uh, I guess up for debate. Yeah. And un- until we know more that's that that's that. Hell, maybe who knows? Maybe it's Ada. What if it's Ada? True. That True. could be, yeah. I mean, if 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 Nikolai was working for Wesker, we we know Ada was uh working for a, a mysterious company or or not even necessarily Wesker. Like we we don't know who Nikolai was working for, but I don't think we know who Ada was working for in well, Resident Evil 2 either. Well, in Resident in Resident Evil 2 me, remake. But but as far as we know right now in this current timeline, yeah. isn't Ada for all for all we know dead in this timeline at this point? Well, as no. far as we know, obviously she's not. But I think I don't. Does, believe doesn't Leon? She... Doesn't Leon believe she's dead? From well, remake? Leon believes she's dead. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, as the audience, we well, we know because it's like dramatic irony. We know Ada shows up again, but yeah, yeah. Also, I'm really sorry if anyone hasn't played any of these other games and listened to this episode because. Yeah, we we, we talk a lot about we spoiled them. a lot of other Resident Evil games. Than just three, Look, but like like I just said, it's like comic books, dude. Like I'm gonna spoil it yeah, for you. It, Superman it, dies a bunch. Batman dies a bunch. It's yeah, it is in a game so interconnected with like weird pharmaceutical company lore and whatever else this game <laughs> this this game series is about. Like it's hard to talk about this game without talking about others in the series. Uh, yeah, especially when they're trying very hard to tie everything in together. I, I get it. Yes. Um. 
Oh, I put I put in the notes to talk about Mega Man. How'd you guys like seeing original <laughs> NES cover art portrayal of Mega Man in the toy store? That was cool. Wasn't there also like um a what's it called? The blaster cannon? Wasn't there like a mod? Not a mod. Maybe it was like an unlockable that you can get of the of his arm. The blast. I think it's called blaster I, cannon, I right? I think it. I think that is just a mod on PC or something. It's. I, I don't believe it's an unlockable or anything. Huh, why did I think it was an unlockable then? That would be cool though. Uh, maybe is it another? No, I think it's. I think it's just a mod. I, I could be wrong though. Um, Which, speaking of the mods, the mods in this game are crazy. I mean, the amount of recommendations I got were a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that all started with Resident Evil 2. They were doing some weird shit to Mr. X in the modding community. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Uh, we didn't talk about Dr. Bard, but, like, he doesn't matter. Like, he's a really sleazy doctor, and... Obviously, he like ties in a little bit with that that note we talked we we alluded to earlier about the parasites and stuff. But it also, um, I, I think he's good. He's he like he's a fine, like you said, um, sleazy scientist that we've yeah. seen a lot of in Resident Evil. I think um, the notes though are good. Just we talked about grounding Umbrella and all these organizations, and you yeah. see that he's like he's schmoozing with like a, a U.S. senator, so it's just like paints a bigger picture of all that corruption and greed. yeah that's that's true that's true yeah he, he mattered he matters in that sense the documentation sense not so much the yeah. character sense um there's a there's it, a sleazy scientist in literally every single resident evil game i just fact checked myself the mega buster was actually in devil may cry so still capcom uh, but yeah yeah I, I knew it was sense. from somewhere but i couldn't remember <laughs> i mean it's it, i feel like it's a very capcom thing to do right yeah <laughs> um I, actually i'm surprised the mega actually, buster hasn't been like an unlockable in a resident evil game actually right? I yeah take, i take that back Luis sarah is not a sleazy scientist he's a cool scientist no he's a sleazy he might he be is, likeable he's but he's, he's likeable okay okay he is the, sleazy yes the first thing he does when he sees ashley is talk about her ballistics jason he's yeah. a sleazy we'll get, i see your dad has you well equipped we'll, <laughs> let, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves we'll get there yeah we'll get there I'm trying to say Luis isn't sleazy all right is there anything else we have to talk about before the final question no. No. Nope. All right, we ready for the final question then? All Let's right. Um, this was kind of a this this was a a big theory uh, before Resident Evil Three was announced, but after Resident Evil Two came out, um, and, and, and the question Resident Evil Two came out, um, was the first the Resident Evil Two was the first remake or first Resident Evil game to come out after Resident Evil Seven, which we talked about a lot in our resident evil 7 episode uh got a lot of dlc something Hmm. i i complained about a lot because it just felt like that was that was how they decided to handle post-game content was not actually include any of it but make you pay for it and also like have some pretty significant lore stuff tied to it too yeah yeah and, and whereas the next game we get, Resident Evil 2, comes out and it's bustling with post-game stuff to do. Mm. Like they they've retained the uh, the the uh, fifth survivor, the last what the the hunk thing, uh, the the hunk. Uh, I, I know what you're talking play. about. Yeah, yeah, and the tofu survivor. They they retained all the stuff that was in the original release in in that game. Uh, so there wasn't 
any no one was really hurting for DLC, but since seven got a lot of it, people were wondering, well, is two going to get DLC? And more so, since both games take place in Raccoon City, would they make Resident Evil three a DLC of Resident Evil two? Obviously, that didn't happen. We got Resident Evil three as a video game. But as we just discussed for the past hour and a half, do we think Resident Evil three should have been released as a DLC for two instead? I mean, if it's going to be this long and this cut up, yeah, but had they actually kept the old sections in or even added more, not even to, like, bloat it, just to make, like, give give us more time with Nemesis, give us more time with Jill, give us more time with Carlos, like, flesh out those characters more, flesh out that villain more, um, then no. I feel like there is a place for RE3 to be standalone, but because of how much they cut, sure. It would have felt better as a DLC. You're basically saying if we had gotten the game that we expected Resident Evil 3 Remake to be, then absolutely not. Yes. But given what we got, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm 100% 100 with Delilah on this one. Like, If it was actually going to be the full remake of the full game with the fully fleshed out story, yes, I feel like this game would have been much better received had it been a DLC because at least expectations you know, would have been somewhat tempered. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, nec- I, I, I'm always caught uh, between a rock and a hard place with this, with a question like this, because like, I don't want to diminish the fact that this, like overall, I do think this game is uh, the lowest end of good. Like, it's a good game. It, it's 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 technic it technically plays well. It's fun to play, um, and it, it lasted five hours on my first playthrough. Right, I think I beat it in two yeah. sessions. That, that's like, one thing. That's one thing I can't take away is that that RE engine. The it feels good. Like it kept me yeah, going like, for pretty much one whole. I did it in one whole playthrough almost. In, yeah, yeah. In, in the end, I I enjoyed playing through that game. It's just I wish there was more of it because there really wasn't as much as I would have expected. Like the the problem with this game is like you hold it up, you hold it up and compare it to any other Resident Evil, and any other Resident Evil destroys it in almost every category. And mm-hmm. that's and and that includes. It's especially bad when you hold it up to its original iteration that it's based off of and is actively trying to remake. Right. The original Resident Evil 3 probably stands above, will stand above this in the long run because it is the more fully fleshed out product. It it has a mercenaries mode. This didn't have mercenaries. It traded mercenaries for, uh, for, for resistance. Yeah. Original Mercenaries was in was not in Resident Evil Four. It was in Resident Evil Three. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's that that that's that that was totally removed. And this is coming after Resident Evil Two. Again, retained all of its post game content from the original game. It 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 it, it kept uh, the fourth or the fifth survivor, fourth survivor. The, the, again, the hunk thing, and uh, Tofu Survivor. It kept all that stuff. And this couldn't even be bothered to implement Mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that that's kind of something I didn't really get to mention, but I'm glad you brought it up now. Is that when this game's when this game is not trying to de- really divulge like a story in a cutscene, when you're not in a scripted sequence, when it's just an open area, and it, it you're playing Resident Evil, and it feels like Resident Evil, like you're having fun. Yeah. And then it yeah. just it's too short and gets interrupted by bad scripted sequences. Yeah. 
So it's like I don't want to diminish I don't want to diminish the game too much for for what it is and and say like this should have just been a DLC. Uh but and especially cuz if you consider if this was released as DLC, the scope absolutely would have been redu- reduced even further. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I do I like the one thing I will absolutely definitely agree with and say 100% is that this game was a disappointment and it had so much potential could have been so much more and it's it it, it's just never uh, until they go to remake the game again in uh 20 25 years like this is its legacy yeah (laughs) maybe let's not think about that right now yeah re3 remake v2 (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's uh that's that anything else you guys want to bring up no No. jason you know what it's time for quasnicky rating quasnicky rating and i feel bad giving it this much but (laughs) like i said coming back to the end as we just said when it plays like resident evil you're having some fun so Four and a half herbs out of ten. Wow. It is just wow. below average. Okay, okay. All right. I uh, let's let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh Delilah, what you working on? Anything you want to plug? Just weekly YouTube videos, mostly reacting to the Last of Us show. Last episode came out, so that'll be out this week. Yeah. And I uh, posted playing the demo of RE4 remake which was fun and um i stream every friday at 7 p.m eastern at twitch.tv slash assassina underscore son nice i do i do still say if we want to if we want to break the mold and talk about something that's not a video game but is still very much on brand for us uh the, the, the hbo last of us show would be would be a good contender to talk about yeah it would make it would just make for a really interesting conversation because i have i do have uh, a lot of opinions and thoughts on it as do i i haven't even watched it (laughs) but i I might i might actually be willing to watch it to discuss because i do think there are some interesting discussions to be had about it yeah i think i think we should for sure like i mean we have a lot of games coming in the pipeline especially games that are very on brand for reap the spoils So it might be a bit, but I think if we have like a month where we're like, eh, we don't need to talk about a game this month. Hey, if you uh, if you you absolutely want to hear our thoughts on that, leave us a comment telling us to get on that episode. Get to it, guys. And uh, we'll try to prioritize it or something. Uh, Jason, you working on anything? You got anything going on in that brainy? I have been playing OG RE4, which ages like wine. Uh, coming off of this, going back, uh, I was like, how are games like this that are almost 20 years old better than everything coming out today? <laughs> Which leads us to. Well, I, I got to say, if I'm plugging. Oh, shit. Today, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I am. I, I finally did start working on something and I don't know when that'll be out. So I will, you know, get, provide updates on that as it goes. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah, Delilah, uh, audience, pretend you didn't hear what I said earlier. Delilah, what's our next game? What are we what are we talking about next? Resident Evil 4 remake. I'm so excited. Yeah. This is my most anticipated game this year. Really? The, fu- the funny yeah. thing is that you 
I've, I've even mentioned it in some of our previous episodes, which you should go watch. Um, <laughs> I, I've like hinted at my reservations about this remake. Yeah. And that demo actually surprised me. It shocked yeah. me. Yeah. And There's it made a lot me of, uh... excited. Yay. Yeah, I've been I've been getting I've been getting there slowly as things have been coming out. You had um, reservations too, Mark. You had pretty much I know I did. I I, yeah. I definitely did. Yeah. I definitely. We've talked about this uh, extensively. And like to an extent I still do. But you know, the the way I think to approach these remakes, this is kind of how I'll end this episode because it's it's it applies here, it applies to Resident Evil 2 remake, it applies to Resident Evil 4 remake. Um the way to approach these is they really are making these different products. They're not doing what they did with Resident Evil 1 remake, where there's after that Resident Evil 1 remake came out on GameCube and you know subsequently got re-released everywhere. Like there's almost no reason, unless you really want to be a Resident Evil purist and experience everything the series has given, like there's really no reason to go back and play original re1 or even re1 director's cut because the remake did did the same thing but again added to it and just made it an infinitely better experience but it's still the at its core the same experience it's not the same with resident evil 2 and 3 remakes they are completely different games they 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 borrow things they take things they take that 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 core like backbone but they change it into a completely different beast yeah. Um. And that and that's kind of how I've made my peace with whether or not because Resident Jason, you and I, I don't, I don't know about how uh, Resident Evil Four landed for you, Delilah, but like that's a top ten game for both Jason and I. It's a top oh yeah, it's game. one of the best games ever made. Yeah, top three it, game. It, it vies a, for for first. I played that game last game year, and it held up very well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm I'm playing that game. I'm replaying it right now, and it feels better to play than any new game that i've been playing recently yeah and i i I agree still like yeah okay if we want to really like yeah okay it's probably a top three game for me too jason um for both of us yeah 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 but like the point being though is that this isn't gonna be the same and that's okay because resident evil 4 is one of the most readily accessible video games to date you will be able to buy that video game on the PlayStation 7 because I'm pretty, I'm Capcom sure knows it prints money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's available on more consoles and P- obviously PC as well than uh, Skyrim. Yeah, people make fun of Skyrim for how often that game gets re-released. No, Resident Evil 4 gets re-released on way more things. And like, it's okay because it's one of the greatest video games ever made. And... I will gladly buy it every single time it comes out because I will play it every single time it comes out. I will enjoy it every single time it comes out because it's a, it's practically a timeless experience. Yeah. And the, this remake, just like the remakes for two and three, they're not, it's not going to be the same and it's, it's going to be a very different game and that's all right. That's all right because it's got, it's go, it's going original Resident Evil four is always going to be there. And it's not going to be locked to the GameCube or the PlayStation 2 because it's come out practically every five years on whatever new system is out. I was going to make a joke, but I'll save it for when we actually talk about RE4. That's fine, yeah. Like, it, it's it's just such a, a an easily purchasable and obtainable game that it I'm, I am I kind of let go of my fears because even if this remake fails me, which after the demo I have, I have less reservations about... Um, uh, the original is always going to be there. It's always going to, it, mm-hmm. it's always going to be playable. It's always going to 
be available to comfort me in any way. Yeah. Agreed. And Agreed. on that note, uh, yeah, that, that that this was reap the spoils for Resident Evil the series <laughs> focused around <laughs> Resident Evil Three. Um, well, it's funny just it. because there wasn't that much to talk about with the yeah, I know. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, we say that, but we we did talk a lot about just that game specifically, and and we yeah. I, I, this was a you know this was a good conversation. I want to play as Jill again. Bring her back. Yeah, no, make agreed, it happen. Agreed, 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 agreed. agreed. Totally. Agreed. I and like I am kind of looking forward to Death Island just to see more Jill. And um, and if it sounds like yeah. I was over passionate or hyperbolic in our beginning conversation about Jill, it's because she is such a great character. Yeah, yeah. She, she really is. And I'm I'm sick of her being in the shadows, man. I'm sick of Chris that Chris, Chris Redfield, Redfield making in the damn decisions. spotlight. Yeah, punching <laughs> boulders. Like, come on, bring my girl Jill back. Uh, <laughs> um, if you liked this episode, uh, if you're listening on YouTube, thank you. Please give it a like. Uh, share the episode share the show share the channel follow the channel subscribe to the channel and subscribe on youtube guys come on get it together mark um if you want to you know tell us what you thought about uh anything that we talked about in the comments sound off in the comments let us know in the comments just talk to us engage with us um, if you listen to on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. Please rate and review the show. Five stars preferred. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. And share the show there uh, or any other podcast service you might listen on, uh, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, I think. Um, fucking, I don't even know what some of the other ones are. Uh, Pandora. I think we're on Pandora some, somehow. That still nice. exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just show us some love, show us some support. Really greatly appreciate it. And yeah, you can follow Del- Delilah on Twitter at Asasina underscore son. You can follow Jason or me on Twitter at Nibble Hyman. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Solid Quad. Stop. But don't follow stop him. Put, stop putting my Twitter <laughs> thing out. I just want that. I want them to erase it. I don't want it to be there anymore. I mean, you you could go and delete it yourself. You you don't have I to don't, wait for someone to do it. I don't, yeah, I don't think I have the password on them. <laughs> and you can follow uh the show on twitter at dead cell media um and yeah uh that's all i got join us next month for resident evil 4 thanks for listening bye-bye it's a weird pause